0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor & Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed.
1: Steve, how can I help you? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing a new shower and I am doing a concrete shower. And I was wondering if there's any sort of epoxy sealer that you could recommend for all.
2: Well, when you say you're doing a concrete shower, are you doing the walls in concrete or just the floor?
1: Uh, everything. Everything cool. in, in, in concrete. And I have a uh, waterproof membrane with uh, concrete on top of that. And I've seen some penetrating sealers and some other type of stuff that would just soak in. But I'm looking for more of a high-billed, uh, glossy sealer that'll kind of make it smooth, almost like a uh, concrete bar top.
2: Well, that's actually going to be something different. Then uh, you, you get the penetrating sealer to soak in, but then for that glossy finish, they actually make a finish, a sealer that can go over the top of the concrete to. Uh, it, it's almost like painting the surface, so okay. it, it it actually adds a layer to the surface. For a place to get it, uh, there's uh, go to Whitecap, W-H-I-T-E. Cap like ball cap, okay. and uh, they you can go online to order stuff through them, or they got several stores you know throughout the country actually. And, the, and there's a couple of them here in the Dallas area. I don't know that they'll carry that product in the store itself, but if you go online uh, st- and just start looking for uh, concrete sealers, you'll be able to see all the different choices you got there. Some will be a soak in, some will be for that glossy finish.
1: Okay, but you would recommend a soak-in and then uh, do the glossy finish on top, like a, a two-part application?
2: or I probably would if I was okay. doing it, uh, simply because I, I want... The, the soak-ins typically do a, a, a better job, uh, and because of the way a shower is going to be used you, you know, and you're going to have build-up on it, I would actually go with both because the soak-in will give you that double protection to keep moisture from going through it. On the surface, though, by using the glossy finish, it'll be easier to maintain and clean. And right. one con-
1: yeah, that's what I was thinking, just for the soap scum and all that. It, exactly.
2: Uh-huh. Now, one thing that'll, that'll help you tremendously, make sure you get a good, burnt, smooth finish on that concrete. Okay. And then keep a squeegee in the shower. When you guys are finished, squeegee it down, and that really minimizes the soap and uh, mineral deposit buildup on the walls. Okay.
1: All okay. right. Well, I appreciate the help, sir.
2: Steve, I would love to see pictures of that, because most people won't uh, won't take a chance on a concrete shower. I'd love to see what okay. you're doing on that.
1: Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've done several tile showers before, and I just thought, why not just uh, leave it concrete for a new look and kind of play around with it? There's a little bit on the Internet, but it's actually uh, kind of new, it seems like, so...
2: Well, how how are you going to do the the walls themselves? Are you going to pour it flat and then put it into place, or are you going to try to actually finish them up on the wall?
1: Uh, actually, what I did, I put the uh hardybacker down, and then I stapled wire lads to it, and I just built <laughs> layers up, and okay. then uh, I put the uh, red guard waterproof membrane, probably six or seven le- uh, coats of that on there over a period of weeks, and then uh, put some more mud on top of it as a topping coat, and that's that's it.
2: Man, you really aren't going to have a moisture problem then. Uh, if if you just went with that outer sealer layer, you'll be just fine.
1: You think just the gloss or the... Yeah. Uh, okay.
2: Yeah. yeah I, I don't...
1: I've, uh, I've probably over-engineered it, I guess, but heck, I'd rather <laughs> do it that way than underdo it, you know, and have a problem down the road.
2: Yep, absolutely. Well, very cool. Hey, if you get a chance, shoot me over some pictures because I would love to see it.
1: Sure, All right. I will do. Thank you, sir. All right, thank
2: you. Bye. Bye-bye. And I'm a, I'm a little surprised I don't hear more of these kind of questions on the show. I'm having to have the siding on my house replaced, and I want to know your recommendation for a house wrap. I prefer Tyvek, but the contractors normally uses a third-party brand from the lumberyard where he buys his materials. We're putting, uh, and I'm going I'm to leave off the type of siding he's putting on, but... It, it, the question regarding the Tyvek, there's a lot of different companies now who are manufacturing their own wrap for the houses. Even even James Hardy has their own wrap. And I have no problem using those different brand of wraps. In fact, some of them, like if you get into the ones that are from the lumber yard or places like that, a lot of times it's actually Tyvek. It's just labeled differently. So here's the, here's the criteria you need to look at. It needs to be breathable. Don't buy a plastic wrap that is solid and doesn't allow vapors to pass through. The whole purpose of it is to keep rainwater from going in, but vapor to be able to p- pass through it. That's what's so beautiful about Tyvek. It set the standards for it, and I personally love using Tyvek. But if somebody's wanting to use the hardy wrap or something like that, it does a great job as well, and I've got zero problem using one of those products also. Harvey, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you?
3: Uh, yes, I was um, recently had a, a home inspection on a house like that for sale, and the inspector found that the previous owner had, um, had the dryer vent um, exiting out through... A, the whirly bird it went through the, uh, the roof, and so it wrote up that it needed to be going outside the attic. Um, and I've tried to uh, look at some different home improvement uh, places to see what I could do, but everything I've got uh, to try to put it out through the, the soffit or something like that uh, would leave it open all the time. I'm, I'm trying to see if there are any suggestions as to how I could take that out i don't have a cable roof close by that i could take through that be more of a direct straight exit of the the attic
2: okay well they actually do make flapper valves that you can put on it so that when air starts blowing through it it opens up when the dryer shuts off and it's not pushing air it closes again but it's not uncommon to have them somewhat open but typically uh you know, if you're putting it out through the rooftop, typically it's open. If it's going out through a uh, sidewall or anything like that, then it has the flapper on it.
3: Yeah, and I and I don't have any way really to do it on a sidewall. And if I try to take it into the soffit, it it's straight down. And most of the things I'm seeing that have those vents that open or closed wouldn't work on something like that. So I'm just trying to see if... The- I don't know if I need some kind of a little grill or just what other suggestion that might be.
2: Well, I I I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. You're looking at the box stores, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, they're not going to have it. Okay. Uh and the reason they don't is they can't sell enough of them, therefore they don't carry it. Uh you know, the, the box stores they're great if you want something like everybody else has, but if if you need to get something a little bit specialty then you end up going to other stores. Uh, One place that you could check for that, believe it or not, is Granger's. Oh, okay. And they would have the one that can go into the soffit board and would have a flapper on it because I've seen it in their catalog.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. All right, well, I'll check with that. I appreciate it.
2: You bet. Have a great weekend. You too. You know, and and for everybody that that's an issue when you you get go to just the box stores because they just plain don't carry everything. They carry the big bulk stuff that they can move quick. When it comes to stuff that not everybody needs in their house, they don't carry it. Now sometimes they can set up and order it for you, uh, but they just don't carry it in the store. Anyways, if you've got a home improvement question, one eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven that's one 9227 Harvey one other place if for some reason you don't still don't find it uh, typically an AC company is able to get that for you uh, because they're the ones who actually vent out dryers and stuff normally it, it, because it's run like ductwork is hey Rick how can I help you today hey good afternoon love your show. Thank you. Uh, I've been thinking about
0: downsizing. Uh, Like in Home Depot, you see these pre-built houses or sheds or cabins, I think they call them. I'm being told, I was asking why there's not Tyvek in between the wall, the exterior walls, and I was told it's not needed. And the world of YouTube and everything, I'm kind of finding out that's probably not true, that it is needed.
2: That's probably not true. It's not okay. So in our cli- in our cli- in different climates, you have to to, to build things differently. Right. In our climate, you want to put a a product like a Tyvek on there.
0: Okay, and the salesperson said, "Well, if I did want to do that, I could just wrap it as it is, and then put additional siding on it." And that really made no sense to me. That sounds expensive too.
2: Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, why do you want to bother doing that? I mean. If they're going to let you do that, they ought to let you, if they're going to be building it, before they throw the siding up there, they ought to let you put the Tyvek on.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. But it is needed in our area. Uh, I kind of knew that already. I just wanted your take on it.
2: You know, if if you're building a shed, it's it's really not necessary. But if you're going to build it to to air condition and cool it, the whole purpose of the Tyvek is it keeps moisture from outside from coming in. And let's face it, on on these type of sh- things, they typically use a pretty cruddy board on the outside. You know, That's they're what I not going I'm with, out. Yeah, they're not going with stuff like uh, hardy siding and that. In fact, if you try to talk to some of these places about it, they say, "Oh no, we we would never use that because uh, uh it, it breaks if you hit it with a golf ball. It's a it's it's bunk." Yeah. Uh,
1: Okay, but so there's, I, a, there's
0: there's a big difference between moisture barrier and vapor barrier. Vapors yes, on the inside. Is. Okay,
2: there is. You want it breathable so that the the vapors can still escape out, but you don't want rainwater coming in, and that's right. what the Tyvek product does for you.
0: Hmm. Okay, I appreciate your time. Keep up the good work.
2: Thanks, Rick. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, and, and and again, that that's one of those things. Uh, and I'm not going to say who the manufacturer is, but uh, there's a, a, a shed company that they have one particular sales guy up in the Louisville area, and the guy's nuts. Every t- If you try to talk to him about getting a shed and you're wanting to put Hardy on it, oh no, you don't want to do that. Here's why. Use this, this uh, fiberboard stuff here, and it's crap. It makes absolutely no sense other than... It's what he has on his building. Now I had another uh, email that I had flagged that I found interesting this week. I've contacted you before on the flooring issues we are having in our home. Your advice was helpful, so I'm contacting you again for more expert opinions. We've had concrete poured in our enclosed garage to level the floors. Next, we glued down a beautiful bamboo floor, and the floor buckled in six weeks of putting it down. The floor buckled randomly in three bedrooms and in another area of the house. The entire bamboo flooring has been removed. There is now also some concrete damage from the planks being pulled up from the concrete. I just don't know what to put down next. The contractor that put down and removed the floor said the foundation was too damp for the glued down bamboo and that is why it buckled the floor was moisture tested by another person and he said the moisture was high at level five okay before i read the rest of this uh, my first question is why didn't the original contractor check the moisture content first and this is for everybody listening if you want to put wood floors in your home i love wood floors i have them in my home I used a wood, uh, a floating wood floor simply because I put a barrier down first and then the wood floor floating on top of that barrier. But if you're going to have them glued down, insist on a moisture test. Now flooring companies, you ought to be doing this anyways before putting down a wood floor. Shame on you for not doing it. But for those listening, if you're going to have one put down insist that they do a moisture test. And you know what? If they don't want to do it, get somebody else. They're not going to cover it if the moisture level is too high. And the only reason a lot of them won't test it is because they don't want to lose the business installing the floor. Well, if you want to do a test yourself, it isn't difficult. I mean, this is not a professional formal test but you can actually take a one foot square piece of plastic and duct tape tape it down to the wood to the uh, concrete floor leave it there for 24 hours and see if you get moisture coming up and accumulating on the plastic if you do you're not putting down a glue down wood floor if you don't hey you probably will be okay anyways on with more of the question. It's been suggested that we put a sealer on the concrete before putting down the next floor. Another person said the only way to go would be vinyl since it is waterproof. I'm worried about mold and mildew no matter what is put down. Okay, any suggestions or opinions? Or can you point me in the right direction? Who to contact to get an honest and expert opinion? First of all, if somebody tries to tell you put down vinyl because it's waterproof, it's only waterproof on the top. If you've got moisture coming up from underneath, guess what? On the bottom of vinyl floors is typically a paper-type product. It will absorb the moisture and it starts to mildew down there, turning kind of a purplish color. That's what causes that, that weird color you get on your vinyl floors. I do not recommend doing that. If you're having a moisture problem, truthfully, carpet is better than anything else because your air conditioning system keeps everything dehumidified. But, or tile. Tile is great as well. However, depending on the moisture problem, in most cases, you can put down the sound deadening vapor barriers and put a floating wood floor on top of it and be just fine. And that's truly the way I recommend putting wood floors down on concrete floors is to use the sound-deadening moisture barriers. You know, it just rolls out. It's four or five foot wide pieces. They overlap, and then you put the floating floor on top of it. But again, if you want glue down, because let's face it, glue down gives you more solid sound. You have to do the moisture test first. Don't let somebody talk you out of doing it if you're doing it on a second floor, not an issue. This is all mute. I'm talking about first floor where you got ground moisture that can come up. Okay. Hopefully that helps you out on that. Jack, how can I help you today?
4: Hi. um, I was out looking at houses to have built in this new home development that just opened up a particular phase so you can choose several of the lots. No houses have been built yet. but It is open for sale. And so, but it's out south of Fort Worth. There are a lot of rolling hills, and nearly all the lots depend in one way or another on a retaining wall. Um, that's the way the developer had to create, you know, the lots. Right. And so I was out looking at one of the lots that's up to one of the steepest retaining walls that there is. And because, you know, is a, a more attractive t- type of lot. Because of the view, and I noticed at the base of the lot there was this great big hole, and I, I walked. Down, you know, I had to walk down to it, uh, sort of a secure, circuitous way to get there, to check it out. So I got to the base, and I noticed that uh, there was some somehow some way there's some erosion that created a hole about a foot in diameter that goes underneath the foundation of that. Um, retaining wall, and of course I was trying to tell the salespeople Ooh. in the office, and and so you know they it's too much for them to go out and look at it and all this other stuff. But so it's really the developer, it's not you know the the home builder, right? And I was just wondering, uh, you know, if I should even buy a, a, anywhere, you know, because there's so many retaining walls all over the place.
2: How tall are these Uh, retaining walls?
4: This particular one is over six feet tall. Uh, Probably about nearly seven
2: feet tall. Okay. First thing you need to ask for if you're going to look at any retaining wall that is really over three feet tall, do you have uh, engineering for that wall? Okay. Uh, You know, even the manufacturers of these different retaining walls Will tell you if it will you know, you go over three feet, it needs to be engineered because they're looking for tie backs and, and drainage behind the wall and things like that. Uh, secondary thing is uh, if they don't have that, and I'm going to tell you right now, they're not going to have it, uh, you know, who's responsible for the retaining wall? And right. they're going to tell you the developer is. Well, you will have zero recourse to go back after that developer. So, right. I'm going to tell you up front, if it was me, when I'm looking at a new construction neighborhood, and my mm-hmm. son was just bought a house last year in a neighborhood that had retaining walls. Yes. And he hunted for a lot that did not have retaining walls on it for, for these okay. very reasons. Uh, any wall over three foot that doesn't have drainage behind it and isn't engineered to, to withstand the, the soil pressure is subject to tipping over. Six or seven okay. foot. I'll guarantee you will be a problem if they didn't put proper drainage and stuff. And just to give you some, some scary stories, I'm doing two projects right now on retaining walls. One is 555,000. The other one is over 800,000 because the original contractors didn't put proper drainage behind them. The walls tipped over. Now you got a real mess going in to clean them up. Now these are huge walls on, on a lake and everything. But even in neighborhoods you know you your normal pricing for a small retaining wall like that is mm-hmm. usually twenty five to thirty five dollars per square foot. If you got to take that old one out and put a new one in, that just jacked that price up to probably fifty to sixty dollars a square foot because you got to clean up the mess that they did wrong
4: okay, I don't see if this thing ever failed. I don't see how that lot it seems like that you'd have to condemn the entire lot and property you know if it's 10 20 years whenever yeah but anyway I, I i just i don't see how that could possibly be you know s- this s- one stay you know, away from scared. it okay i've got one more question could i sure ask you real quick uh, i was out also looking at existing homes for sale and i found a little 1400 uh, square foot house built in 1977 over in benbrook the guy had. Uh, he was honest. He showed me paperwork where he had had the foundation fixed. And in driving through that neighborhood, a lot of these houses built at the same time, you could tell some of them had cracked all up because of the foundation. I was just wondering um, why the builders, the new home builder that I was lo- where I was looking where the lots were on retaining walls. They make. They're the only builder I think in DFW that makes a solid, steel-reinforced um, uh, foundation. Everybody else is using post-tension. Right. And so I was just wondering, and they said in the past 20 years, they haven't had, you know, a single problem with it. Uh, now, the – so why – Oh, don't uh, – yeah, don't,
2: don't, don't believe okay. that, but okay.
4: <laughs> okay, all right, I won't believe that. But I was just wondering, of course, if if, I, if that were true – why did this house built in 1977 also on a concrete foundation, what would be yeah. the difference? Yeah, all of them have, you know, steel reinforcement, I would think. so.
2: Exactly. And that's why I say don't believe that, because I, I hear builders all the time say, oh, I've never, we've never had a foundation problem. Mm-hmm. Y- yet they hired me three years ago to fix a problem that they had. <laughs> uh, it happens. Uh, you know, and they, what... What they claim is we haven't had a foundation problem. The foundation has, has performed just the way it's supposed to. It was soil underneath the foundation that moved.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: that's what causes all foundation problems, basically. Right. Uh is the soil under the slab moving. So it technic it's a technically what they're telling you, yes, is true, but really they're misleading you when they say that. Uh the difference between post tension and a conventional rebar slab. Host mm-hmm. tension, they tension the cables and compress the concrete to hold it together when it cracks. Steel right. rebar cable uh slabs rather. The steel is on is in the slab and it's basically there to hold the concrete together when it cracks. All concrete's gonna crack by nature. The mm-hmm. reinforcing simply holds it together. Well mm-hmm. for me, I personally prefer conventional rebar slabs. Mm-hmm. However, most builders have gone to the cable simply because it saves them some money. And if they save 20 bucks per house that they build a year and they build 20,000 homes, they save some real money.
4: Right. Okay. That's it. Okay. Wonderful answers. I really appreciate it.
2: You bet. Take care, Jack.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you.
6: Hi, uh, this is Pam Bass, and I live in Galveston. Uh And I have an old house that's on pier and beam, and was built in 1912. And I had a uh, central air conditioning unit put in. It's a duplex upstairs and downstairs, and the downstairs, the ducts are underneath the house uh, in the crawl space. And where the ducts come up into the floor, where they cut a hole for the vent to come up through the floor, the wood floors have been discoloring for about a year and a half. And and I um, have asked people that have put the air conditioning in if they knew what caused it or uh, anything like that. And some say it's the windows because there's too much humidity coming into the house because the windows are old. Also, they're the double hung, wood frame windows with the weights in the in the frame. Sure. And so um, nobody seems to know what's causing these wood floors to do this, and I'm trying to preserve the wood floors because they're old and they're good floors.
2: And it's only happening and around where the, the ducts are coming through, correct?
6: Mainly around there, but the ducks are also at the windows in the okay. floor.
2: Mm-hmm. But
6: then it kind of creeps off into the middle of the room. There'll be one board that's lightened up. It looks like when you put a wet glass on a a wooden coffee table and it turns white, the wood turns white from the moisture from the glass. Right. That's what it's looking like. And it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
2: Did the house have central air and heat prior to you installing this last system?
6: No. Okay. This is a new install upstairs and down. And Upstairs, the unit is in the attic. It's Mm. two separate units.
2: Right. And uh, did it, was the crawl space area checked for humidity levels?
6: No, not that I know of.
2: Okay. Well, what's happened is by putting in the AC system, we, we have changed the way humidity in the house is moving. And what I'm kind of wondering, there's two things where the ductwork comes through that wood floor. One, if it's not insulated well, all the way up, it can sweat because it's going to be a metal boot, basically, that's there. Kind of a funnel-like thing that the ductwork Uh hooks onto. And if that starts sweating, it's getting moisture on that wood floor. That can happen. Secondary, if it's not sealed around it, it can be drawing air from underneath the house. Again, that's going to be humid air, and that can cause the wood to discolor that way. The, The only puzzling part is why are we getting... You know, the the white spots further out in the floor. But I tell you what, I've got somebody on hold right now. And if you don't mind, I'm going to connect him in with us. Uh, okay. Because it's Gary. Uh, I was going to talk to him after I talked with you, but uh, Gary is my head AC guy at Due West. And Josh, can you help me with that? Because I don't want to hang up on anybody. Okay. Gary, you there? I am. Did you hear the question? Yes, sir. What you got?
7: Um, uh, You hit the nail on the head. Um, Those floor registers have a boot underneath them, and if they're not sealed where they come through that floor, you know, the humidity underneath that house in Galveston, you know, I mean, it's high, you know, 100% on a lot of days. and
2: Well, depending on how the soil is underneath there, it can be... 100 percent all the time if it's if it's moist under it
7: uh, yeah. yeah i mean I've,
6: well
7: I've, I've crawled under a lot of those houses like that and it is damp and wet and you know the problem i agree with you the 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 the, the, the staining out in the middle of the floor is is uh puzzling but um uh, there could be ductwork that's also sweating under that house and it's very possible that they hung it all the way up against the bottom of the floor uh, and if that you know maybe it's flex duck and if if it is sweating then we've got a moisture con- uh, connection right there on that wood floor
2: oh i didn't so, even think of that or if there's a puncture in that duck work it could be blowing air on that wood underneath as well
7: right and and that could be it and and then again you know Humidity is a huge problem. Um, you know, I, ma'am, I didn't get your name, but but do you know if they did a load calculation on your house before they did this air conditioning?
6: Yes, they did, uh, so that they could determine what size to put in uh, the upstairs and the downstairs.
7: Okay. Do you know if anybody has has gone in and and tested and recorded the the current humidity in your house now?
6: No, no one has.
7: Okay. I've got a humidifier
6: running right now.
7: Uh, Uh, A humidifier or a dehumidifier? Okay, A dehumidifier
6: running right now just to uh, test how much humidity is actually in the house with the air conditionings running. Air conditioning units running. And it's just filling up that dehumidifier by the gallons of water.
7: Well, then... If it's doing that, you have a humidity problem.
4: Um, yep.
7: an, an air conditioner is a dehumidifier. Uh, you know, here in the Gulf Coast, we we dehumidify is, is probably more important than removing heat and cooling your house. Now, an air conditioner does both. But you, I think, you know, and I'm 80 miles away from you right now, but I, I think in listening to you talk, you have a humidity problem under and you may have a humidity problem in the house Um, i'm concerned that your air conditioner is not dehumidifying as it should and then you're telling me that dehumidifier is filling up that reservoir very frequently so Mm -hmm. the humidity is getting in there you're in galveston the windows i understand those windows you can't replace them uh and you're taking and you said the house was you know, basically a hundred years old, and removing those windows. I agree with you. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, you know, it, ec- uh, economically, as far as energy, yeah, you might want to consider that. But those old windows do allow that humidity to come in, and um, so.
2: But size properly, the bed, AC it. system ought to be able to keep up with that. And I, I don't mean to rush it here, but I got to take a quick break. I'm going to put you guys on hold here for a minute, and we'll be right back with more. Texas Home Improvement, and we'll finish this conversation up, and then we'll get to the next one. Pam and Gary, welcome back. Hello. Hello. Hi. Okay, and Pam's having an AC problem. Gary is the head AC guy at Due West Air Conditioning, and I had to rush you guys up there for a second, but, you know, basically what we're talking about, we know it's a humidity issue. We just got to locate where this humidity problem is. And, Gary, based on, you know, the things we were just talking about with that dehumidifier and stuff inside, I'm really questioning if these units, if this unit is oversized.
7: Yeah, I am too. Uh, it, it It's obviously not dehumidifying. Um, Pam, can I ask you real quick? Do you know about how long this air conditioner runs before it shuts off?
6: Not very long. So that probably yeah. means it's too big.
2: Yep.
7: Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh Jim's he's you know, I think he's spot on. Now, you know, right now, at this moment, I'm gonna tell you don't lose a lot of sleep over it. Um, you know, I tell my technicians all the time, keep an open mind and never troubleshoot a job in their head before they get there um and and, you know i think we all have a tendency to do that you need um you need to have it checked um you know and i understand you contacted the original installer and and you know they have an obligation to take care of that for you um but if they don't you know we would be happy to do that um it, it um it's something that needs to be done we need to find out where and why the humidity's there, and why the air conditioner isn't taking it away,
2: mhm, and I think um, that'll solve a windows. lot of the problems
6: Would, could the windows be contributing to that because there's big gaps in there, and uh, I don't have a horse around here to pull the hair out. I found <laughs> a bunch of horsehair in the walls when I remodeled this house or renovated this house because they used to put knotted up horsehair in the right. crack for insulation. And unfortunately, I don't have a horse. So No, but the you know, that if can I be put insulation around the windows also.
2: That can be filled in and insulated without having to replace the windows. I mean, the windows have to be used in the calculation as far as what size units you need. And mm-hmm. can it be made more efficient by replacing the windows? Absolutely. But realistically, with those gaps, the unit should have to run even longer in order to do what it's needing to do. So I don't think that's where your issue is.
6: Well, another reason why the thing probably cuts off sooner than it should is because I have plantation shutters on every single window, and I keep them shut most of the time. So maybe I should leave them open some so that the air can come through them because it's pretty sealed off a little bit from the plantation shutters.
2: Well, and that does help insulate the walls, you know, the, the window area a little bit, but not a great deal.
6: Uh-huh. Well, I wonder if I that, should leave the plantation shutters open so that the unit will run longer.
2: Uh,
7: uh, uh, if I can it, jump in there real yeah, quick, Yeah, go ahead, Pam. Gary. When we do, Pam, when we do a load calculation, um, plantation shutters, they almost make no difference um yeah there is some value there uh you know i don't want to take anything away from the shutter uh, people but when i do a load calculation i can add plantation shutters or shutters period and then i can take them away it's a computerized calculation and it changes it so little that it just doesn't make a difference and
6: okay
7: you know i i just have a huge concern on the runtime and and you know, Jim said it, um, with the leakage that you have in that house, it should it should run even longer. So I, I'm afraid your air conditioner is oversized. Um, I hate to tell you that over the phone again. We need to look, but um, I, I think that might be the direction you need to think about going and figuring out what to do about it.
2: And, Pam, whether you use Due West to do this or not, I would recommend that you have somebody come out and run an independent load calculation to verify what size units you need, and that will give you the information that you need as far as okay, what's the next step. Hello, Mike. How can I help you?
8: Yes, I have an issue with uh, a set of stairs, it's a very odd issue. Um, the prior owners built a set of stairs on top of a set of stairs, and you know, stairs are square, normal. And they built a, if you can imagine, a round-tiered wedding cake. That's what they built on top. And so they extended out from the bottom of the stairs into the tile area of my house. I had them removed and come to find out there's no tile underneath. Now I've got a you know, half-circle worth of uh, no tile, and I can't find the tile, the existing tile that's there. They don't make it anymore. I'm trying to figure out what are my options to put down on the floor that would look right at the bottom of my stairs. What's on the stairs? I'm sorry, excuse me?
2: What's on the stairs themselves? Uh, Carpet. Can you get a carpet that matches?
8: I don't, I probably could, yes. I don't know if that would look right. Um, I've got a a large living space. It's a hardwood floor, kind of a step-down and then a tile floor that runs all the way around that just connects different parts of the houses to that. So there's there's a combination of uh, carpet, there's there's hardwood, there's tile. Okay. The carpet's only on the stairs.
2: Yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend putting carpet there, unless it's just coming off the end of the stairs in a nice even loop off the end of the stairs. The carpet would look kind of goofy there. Um you may end up end up just replacing the tile around that area there.
8: I have. So the the tile connects, uh, several rooms. It is a tremendous amount of tile. Yeah. That's that's the only issue that I'm having.
2: So um, this this circle that's off of it, how big a circle are we talking about? And is it is it evenly proportioned with the steps or is it offset?
8: No, it's fairly even. It's kind of a half circle um as wide as the stairs are wide, and it comes out maybe two foot, so it's it's about a half circle. It looks like about a half circle.
2: Okay, if you can make it where it's proportionate with the steps, I think the carpet's going to be probably your only choice there, because anything else is going to be odd with everything else around it.
8: Yeah, yeah. My wife is just she she cannot figure out what to do with this. It's fit to be tied on this. Yep. Okay. Well, that may be what what needs to be done, and that kind of makes sense. I didn't even think of carpet. I was thinking of different tile inlay patterns, but it, it there's there's so much tile, and then we have another set of stairs
2: around yeah. the
8: corner, and it might just look funny. It, I, mean, I right think if you front. if
2: you can get a t- uh, carpet that matches what you've got on the steps, I I don't think it would look odd to ha- to have that hi- half circle there.
8: Okay. Well, that's That makes perfect sense. I thank you very
1: much.
2: Tell your wife, happy Mother's Day.
1: I will, thank you.
2: You bet. Bye-bye. Diane, this is Jim. How can I help you?
5: Yes, a girlfriend of mine called me yesterday and said, have you ever heard of this? And she has water coming out through her thermostat on her air conditioning unit. And she she called a couple different plumbers. They said they never heard of such a thing. She looked online, and there was one said something about the drip pan being closed but she said her drip pan is like three feet away from her thermostat so i said i know the man to call to find out what it is so i'm calling you
2: <laughs> well water there is no water that goes to the thermostat so chances are it's going to be one of a few things there's either a leaking pipe up there okay, or yes. or the the, the AC pan will have a drain line to it. Okay. And if that drain line is leaking, well, again, that's a leaking pipe, but you know that could be where the problem is. But there's one other place that it could be that probably a lot of people won't think about, but there's a wire that runs up to the air conditioning unit. That's what turns it on and off. If that, for some reason, is draped down and getting water on it from inside the unit. And it could be going into the overflow pan. It could be that the wire is running in through where the condensate lines are. Any goofy thing like that. But if water gets on that wire, it would just flow down and follow it down to the thermostat.
5: So it's a wire from the thermostat to
2: the AC? I'm betting that's where it's at. Okay.
5: Thank you so much. I will call her, and she will want to thank you a thousand times.
2: Well, if she wants to really thank me, she can call my AC company, and we come out and take care okay. of it for her.
5: <laughs> Give me a number. <laughs> okay, it's
2: Due West Air Conditioning at seven one three four seven five four seven five zero 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 four
5: zero zero zero. Because she's called like three plumbers and or AC guys, and they had no idea. So she knows who will fix it.
2: I'm sure. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things a lot of times people just won't think about it. But anytime water hits a wire, a piece of board, anything like that, it can travel and follow it. And, you know, especially since the unit's only about three feet over from where that wire is, I'll bet that's what it is. Had an email question that came in during the show. Actually, I've had three of them, but this one kind of caught my attention. I have a shower where the shower floor tile has cracked. I had a tile company in, and they said they cannot take out the old tile and retile because they might damage the pan. The walls of my shower are large sheets of cultured marble and would have to be removed to get to the pan. That would be way too expensive to do. So my question is, one, is there a company that would take out the old tile floor and replace it, or two, since it is a large walk-in shower, and there is room for this, can tile be placed on top of the current tile? I have already had broken tile in the shower, removed and redone, but the tile has is no longer available, plus it cracked again. Okay, first of all, since you had the tile replaced and it cracked again, I'm going to tell you, No, you can't go over that tile. Now, there are some products where they say, yes, you can lay tile on top of tile, but everything has to be solid and secure. So in this circumstance, I'm going to say absolutely not. The tile didn't stay. It cracked, and it would crack the new tile. The way tile floors in showers are put together, the shower pan, I know what they're talking about as far as they're concerned with getting down to the rubber shower pan and I'm assuming this one is a conventional where it's got a mortar base a rubber shower pan and then a mortar base on top of that and then the tile if it's put together that way if the tile is carefully chipped off the top of the mortar base and it sounds like that can happen because you've had tile pop loose already it should be able to be removed and new tile put on Go with a small tile. The larger the tile, the more likely it is it's going to crack in that shower. So go with the small tiles, you know, like the the two-by-two two tile type thing where it comes in a, in a sheet and you can lay it down. That will go down much better.
0: You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.